Fortune favours the bold. These were the immortal words of Pliny the Elder, shortly before his untimely death in AD 79. Here on Aliens Explored, we occasionally like to delve into accounts of UFO sightings from ancient times. And this week, we will be discussing reports of a UFO sighting by this Roman statesman back in AD 76. This episode of Aliens Explored is dedicated to our explorer of the week, Toby Foams. Toby supports our work by subscribing to our Patreon. Check out our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Aliens Explored to find a tier that's right for you. Aliens Explored is a weekly podcast exploring famous and obscure cases of UFO sightings, alien abductions and other strange events from both a believing and a sceptical perspective whilst keeping an open mind. I'm Stu Jackson, a professional actor and amateur ufologist with a particular interest in the crop circle phenomenon. I'll be debating that otherworldly visitations are real. The truth is out there. And I'm Neil Kelly. I'm a professional actor as well and used to work for the military as an intelligence analyst. I'll be arguing from a more doubtful point of view. I mean, it's all a bit far-fetched, isn't it? Welcome back, listeners, to another episode of Aliens Explored, where we look at historical and recent cases of UFOs, EBEs, UAPs, and all manner of other acronyms that we can think of. Uh, I am one of your hosts, Stu Jackson. And I'm your other host, Neil Kelly. How are you doing, Neil? I'm doing very well, thank you. Mm. I'm off work for a little while now, so I can I can relax. Oh, is that a holiday? It it is a holiday. Yeah, we're off tomorrow to um, to see the grandkids. Um, we're doing our, our Four Nations tour. We're going across. We're getting the train over to France. We're taking the car, going on the on the the shuttle, going over to France, and then driving through to Aachen in Germany, staying there for a couple of nights, and then going up to see the grandkids near Arnhem in Holland, and then driving back on Friday. Stopping up in France, obviously, to do our shopping because everything's so much cheaper there. We're going to stock up on our beer, wine, coffee, chocolate, that sort of thing. Um, <laughs> I know it sounds to, to, to a, maybe to our American listeners that might sound quite exotic, but um, believe me, you probably drive further on a night out. Oh, definitely, <laughs> definitely. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah, no, that's so you're driving over, okay? Yeah, yeah, makes it easier. Fair play. Driving on the uh, the other side of the road, of course, is uh... you, you've driven yeah, out there well, before. Oh well, pretty much. Yeah, I mean, I learned to drive um, here in the UK, uh, and then pretty much um, soon after that, straight after, well, a few months later, I uh, was posted out to West Germany. And so the first car I owned was a left-hand drive, even though I'd learned to drive a right-hand drive car. It's <laughs> your left-hand drive car. And driving on the, on the right-hand side of the road. So, yeah, I'm very used to driving. Janet right. isn't. Oh, so I've, I've, only... I've, got, I've got to do all the driving. 
on yeah. that side anyway. <laughs> uh, yeah, I've only ever um, done it once, um, and it was hmm. I, I took my own car over to to Holland. So I was in a yeah right hand drive car driving hmm. on the right hand side of the road. Um, hmm. Yeah, that was a. I mean, it was okay. It was okay. Holland for was for, okay. for our American listeners, um, in in Britain, we drive on the left hand side of the road, and the steering wheel in our car is on the right hand side of the road. So obviously, as the driver, you're nearest to the to the centre of the road, mm. um, and uh, it causes all kinds of issues when we go over to France, where they drive on the same side of the road as you. And Brits are often involved in accidents because they just gone to the wrong side of the road or especially if you're going down a I've, I've almost been in an accident with someone else driving who wasn't used to it going down a narrow road they see a car coming from the other direction and of course they automatically pulled over to the left mm. right into the path of the other car because that's what they're naturally going to do but normally you know in a traffic system you just follow the other traffic so it's not usually an issue but there we go so that's that's my plans for once we finish this Right. Oh, excellent. Well, you enjoy your holiday. Thank you. We're back in the room, folks, talking about Pliny the Elder, a Roman statesman, scholar, and admiral in their navy who saw a UFO shortly before his death um, from a volcano erupting too close to him. So it's worth mentioning um, Pliny the Elder didn't see the UFO himself. Uh, right, so second-hand he, news he already. He recorded it. He recorded it mm. in uh, the uh, 76 BC equivalent of Wikipedia, the Naturalis mm. Historia. Yeah. Uh, natural history. Uh, he, he basically yeah. wrote an encyclopedia. Yeah, and the first book concerns mainly astronomy. So, so have an account well, yeah. of a, a spark falling from a star and increasing as it approached the Earth until it became the size of the moon, shining through a cloud, and then returned into the heavens and was converted yes. into a lampas. Well, that's the that's the particularly interesting bit that I find with this. So th- this is in, if anybody wants to go out and read Naturalis Historia, it's in chapter 35. Um, it, has it been translated into English or is it, um, you've got you to be a has. Latin scholar. Um, oh, okay. <laughs> uh, so I can give you the text in English. Um, oh, the trouble is, I mean, with, with translating these things, there is an amount of estimation that there always will be. Um, mm. But what it says, in essence, is we have an account of a spark falling from a star and increasing as it approached the Earth until it became the size of the moon, shining as through a cloud. It afterwards returned into the heavens and was converted into a lampus. This occurred in the consulship of uh cn is that oh of um consul octavius and consul cerebonius sorry scribonius scribonius it was seen by selenus the proconsul and his attendants right so we don't 
we don't entirely know what's meant by Lampus. Um, there is no exact translation. Depending on context, it could mean faces. Um, it could mean torches. It could mean lamps, darts, beams. There's a lot of things that mm. Lampus can mean depending on context, and we don't mm. have the exact context from mm. what he says to know which he means. Um, I'm... I, I'm of the opinion that he probably means it just went back up into the zen, hung there as a bright light, like a a lamp. Um or it was something that was passing I mean there there have been objects, something which which will kind of enter our atmosphere and pass straight through and go out again. Don't they do that sometimes? The I don't or, no, or appear I mean, to enter our atmosphere. That they, like, like Halley's Comet. I mean, it's a sort of flyby, isn't it? It is. They, uh, yes, but then when Halley's Comet does appear because of its distance, um, it doesn't look like it's moving across the sky, particularly. I guess not. No, it's too far away, isn't it? And it certainly wouldn't become the size of the moon. No. But so this is the this is the thing um, with this, and and it gets often gets dismissed. This account as being well, clearly it was a meteor, but Pliny writes about meteors um, at length in other parts mm. of the Naturalis Historia. Hmm. So he knows what they are. Uh, he knows what comets are. I mean, the the astrology at the time was surprisingly, um, surprisingly good. Uh, I think you mean you know, astronomy. These, these weren't unknown. Ast- did I say astrology? Yeah, astrology. <laughs> yeah, he, he realised he would meet uh, a yes. he would meet a tall, dark stranger and begin a new romance <laughs> when he saw. <laughs> yes. Um, so yeah, so I mean, he talks about eclipses, he talks about meteors, talks about the aurora borealis. Mm. Um, you know, he he knows his is. Um, so did did Romans go that far north? To, yes. Did did they go far enough north to see the aurora borealis? I mean, you've got to go pretty far north to get that, haven't you? They certainly got reports of it. Yeah. Yeah. Again, yeah, um, he writes about this thing which he ha- didn't see himself. That's, no, I think that's quite. But this is a, a proconsul, a proconsul. Mm. Sorry, um, a very senior person in in Roman mm. society, wasn't he? Um, very responsible person. Two consuls and uh, the proconsul's mm. attendants as well. Hmm. So you know, it's not a a small uh, sighting. Um, although those are the people he gets the reports from, anyway. Hmm. So it looks like it's a meteor, but it's it's a spark from a start. Now I'm going to say, if you had a mothership. An extraterrestrial yeah. mothership, and you had a smaller orbital craft coming off it. Wouldn't that in the night sky look like a spark coming from a star? 
Um, I don't know. I've never seen it, to tell the truth. <laughs> I mean, I've watched um, enough uh, science fiction. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, what was there? Did they have a, a an established system for logging astral events? Or was it all just a bit, you know, we've seen this thing and um, I'll describe it as best I can. And, and that's it. There's no, there's no, I mean, that's process, pretty much formal what you've process got of today. logging things. You know, if, if it's just an eyewitness event, there, yeah, it's no different. Um, but, but, you know, comets described as I comets don't pass it. by the earth without, without being noticed by someone and, and formally logged. So there is a, there, there will be an official record somewhere of exactly what it is by someone who knows exactly what it is and where it's come from and where it's going and why it looks like it did. I can, so I, it would be so easy to dismiss this as a meteor, a big one, mind, if it's the size Mm. of the moon, that's a big meteor. Um, That's coming pretty close. Yeah. And we know that it must have been a reasonable height because it was shining as through a cloud. Hmm. <coughs> now it says as through a cloud. So I'm wondering, does that mean there was some sort of distortion to the light? That would that would do it, yeah. That would um But here's the thing. It's afterwards returned into the heavens and was converted hmm. into a lampus. That's not, that's not, a, I mean, meteors do not come into the atmosphere, which is, by the way, that's when we see them light up, um, mm. a meteor, is because it is burning up in the atmosphere. Um, it doesn't come into the atmosphere and then go out again. Once it's in the atmosphere, it gets pulled down to Earth, gravity mm. and all that. So yeah, I thought I'd read something somewhere about something passing through, sort of bouncing off. You know, came very close, but then But would it be the size of the moon? If it's done that. Um no. No, that would be extremely large. (laughs) It really, really would. I mean I'm thinking and I, you know, I've I've nothing to back this up. This is just my general impression. Mm. But if it was that big, big enough to look like the moon, then isn't it kind of like a a, a life ending meteor? You know, like the one that killed off the dinosaurs. Um, um, and if it was that big, how come Pliny the Elder didn't see it? How come everyone didn't see? It? What was he? What was he hiding indoors? Well, sleeping, sleeping yeah. off a, a, a bender or something, and yeah, no one said, "Oh, look at look at that up in the sky." Go and get Pliny the Elder because he'll be really interested in this. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I imagine it was well, there for more than a few seconds if it was that big. Well, bear in mind that he got the report from the proconsul. Um, mm. That's not to say that other people didn't see it. It's just that's who he got the report from. But as big as the moon in the sky. Yeah. 
It may be the whole town saw it. Not not as not as big as the moon, but a smaller object, but nearer. The mm. <laughs> ratio was was the same. Yeah, this, this is very small, and this is very far away. That kind yes. of thing. But why didn't he see it? If it was that big, if it was that. I'm, took up that much I'm room reminded in the of the sky. Father Ted episode describing the cows. Yeah, he's got a little plastic cow. This is very small. And then yeah. there's a real cow over there. This is very far away, but they hold it up. They look the same. Yeah. That's it. Um, but yeah, no, it, I mean, there's nothing to say that um, the proconsul and the consuls were the only people to see it. It doesn't say one no. way or the other. So that would be an assumption. Um, I, Pliny himself I mean, might I, not I was... have been around at the time. But if it's that big, yeah, to take up to light up the sky that much, how did? Well, it's, it's all about ratios, isn't it? It could have been a much smaller object than we think, but much closer than we think. Yeah, yeah. Was it? it, it maybe it was only in the sky for a couple of seconds, and. Uh, Hey, look. Oh, what? Oh, it's gone. Maybe. Um, maybe it was the size of a small car. Yeah. You know, like the Americans have been blowing out this sky mm. lately. <laughs> <laughs> Don't know what it is. Launch a sidewinder. But, yeah. I mean, he, he makes a, a whole list of things, doesn't he, in his... In his um, in his uh, Naturalis Historia. But it's... Uh, A list? Yeah. yeah, but... A list of what? Phenomena. I thought there was a kind of index of... Oh, there might well be. Um, yeah. I'm not aware of one myself. Mm. I know he talks about other astrological things at various points. Yeah, I mean, a report here suggests so as Pliny moved in the highest circles of Roman society, it's quite possible or would say likely that this account came to him directly from the horse's mouth mm. rather than a yes. game of, you know, rather than you know, pass along and being exaggerated and embellished as it went until finally it got to him. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, we can speculate, but we can just, as to what that means, his description of spark falling from a star or a. It's I, one of the yeah. uh, one of the issues we have when looking at um, ancient accounts of UFOs mm. is. The language that is used to describe things is mm. is from a different um, frame of context to what we have in modern day times. But we do know, and in, and in a different language that allows some sort of flexibility around translation, doesn't it? Absolutely, um, that also is an issue. But we do know that that Pliny knew about. 
a lot of astrological events. Like I say, he, he certainly knew about meteors and comets. Hmm. So I'm I'm inclined to think, you know, he was a great thinker. Um, if what was being described to him sounded like a meteor, I'm pretty confident he would have recorded it as a meteor. Why wouldn't he? Yeah. He's obviously recorded he, it as a, a, a an unidentified object, a UAP, well, yeah, if it, you will. But again, we're back to you know he didn't see it himself, and nope. he, he obviously did, you know didn't have the arrogance to say, well, you know, I didn't see it, but I know what that is. I'll just I'll just log it as a meteor. He obviously had some reason to not do that to say. Was maybe whoever told him said, no, this was something, you know, I've been with you, I've seen meteors, this is something different. Mm. Yeah, it's it's certainly a curious one. Yeah. We can make of it what we will. I mean, I think a problem with Latin is that it can be interpreted in... Well, I suppose any language, any translation is an approximation, even if it's a language close to ours like French or Spanish and you're translating a word like dog or cat. Even simple nouns like that can be used in different contexts in their language than than we would use it. Well, certainly um, a lot of Latin is contextual. Like I say, we've got this word lampus, which could mean a lot of mm. different things depending on um, yeah. what it actually is. But yeah, um, I, I know some people have um, theorised that to mean that it basically it, it went back up into the air and exploded. Um, mm. That's quite a bold statement i would say i mean to me lampus it, it's more it stays there it's you know it sort of hangs in the sky um mm. yeah i'm not sure i'm not sure um it is really like i say really difficult to uh, to look back at these historical events and mm. form a conclusion I... but I mean, yeah. this idea of a falling star gets to a certain point that goes back up into the sky, or at least that's what it appeared to do to the person on the ground watching it. Maybe that's not what happened. No. Um, and you know what? I'm thinking about meteors coming into the atmosphere, then burning up. Um, it would appear mm. to get bigger and then get smaller again. Yeah. So Which, I think you know, it's getting yeah. bigger and bigger as it comes nearer and nearer. Oh, it's now it's getting smaller and smaller. That must mean it's going back to its reverse direction. Away. This Maybe. meteor's I mean, very large, saw... but this one's far away. Yeah. <laughs> or, yeah. Or did he actually see it whiz round in a in a big loop and take off again? Um, so going back to the translation I've got, um, it afterwards returned into the heavens. Mm. Yeah, that doesn't suggest a direction. It doesn't suggest it's gone, travelled back upwards. Um, but then, if it was getting smaller as it as it passed overhead, that would look like it's travelled. Yeah, it's 
It's a tricky one. Um, and mm. do you know what? On this occasion, I'm, I'm, I know I, I lean very heavily on the, no, no, it's a UFO and you know, yeah. they would have known. I'm, I'm inclined to say, yeah, there is too little information on this one for me to say mm. definitively it's a UAP. Um, I can see the possibility of it being something a bit more common a garden. Hmm. Uh, like a a, from a second-hand report from 2,000 years ago, it's quite hard to... Yeah, we, we can only speculate. But that is saw, all we've got to go seen. on. Um, yeah. And I think, you know, it's important that we keep these reports in mind as we as as our understanding of the universe increases and we have better explanations for things going forward is worth revisiting mm. these things um, yeah yeah so yeah I mean, so i'm uh, keeping an open stu- mind yeah i mean i guess you're know, studying reports of ancient sightings of things in the modern age, probably a lot of them, they can just be weeded out. They can say, oh, yeah, this was this or this was that. We can say, we can be pretty sure that it was one of those. But there will always be a few things that are just left over that because of the way they're described or you know, there, there's some anomaly about them. It doesn't quite fit any of the categories. It's it's just unidentified. Something yeah. seen. We, we can't say for sure what that was based on our current frame of knowledge. That's it. And it's important um, as researchers, as ufologists, that we remember that unidentified does not automatically mean it's a flying saucer. No, it means it's unidentified. Exactly. Um, You do seem to find a lot of people who who will go, well, look, you know, we, we can't answer what it is, so it must be extraterrestrial. No, yeah. <laughs> not necessarily. Well, or, or that if you say it's a UFO, well, I'm hearing flying saucer. Well, no, what I'm saying is it's something up there that's unidentified. And and again, we said this many times. It's in some cases we're not even prepared to say it is a flying object. It's an aerial phenomenon, unidentified. Yeah. yeah. So well, yeah, if it something was a mirage, seen in the sky. You know, that's yeah. not a flying object. Um, yeah. Yeah, but what do you think, listeners? Uh, is Pliny's UFO something that we should be taking a bit more seriously and looking at more in depth? Uh, have we missed something in the translation that uh, that indicates there is more to it, or even if there's less to it? Because uh, it sounds like we're both pretty much on the fence with this one. Um, <laughs> Very much on the fence. I'm not coming off the fence. <laughs> Uh, so yeah so do let us know what you think you can let us know via the usual means of course you can contact us on Facebook and on Twitter by searching Aliens Explored Uh, you can email us aliensexplored at gmail.com or you can join our Patreon community over on Discord by becoming one of our patrons. You do that by going to patreon.com forward slash aliens explored and by picking a tier that suits you. You get get access to uh, to all the other Patreons and uh, yeah, over on Discord and we have some lively chats over there for sure. So uh, do look into that. Uh, in the meantime... Do join us next time when we're going to be discussing um, (coughs) 
the recent, well, fairly recent, uh, 2022 annual UAP report. Annual uh, UAP report, okay. Yes, the one put out by the government about UAPs. Um, I mean, here we are, we're, we're into 2023 uh, quite a bit, mm. so it's been out a little while now. Uh, so, yeah, yeah, so we'll be looking at... Uh, what there was in there of relevance and the fallout that has come as a result of it. Uh, now, people are not massing on the streets, screaming and panicking because, you know, there's clear and present evidence of extraterrestrial beings. So we can roll that one out from the UAP report. But uh, we'll be looking to see if there is something a bit more interesting in there anyway. So don't miss that one. Uh, in the meantime, and if that has any bearing on on what's become a lot of very, very, very interesting in 2023, absolutely. So, no, this this might be there all quiet on the Western Front report. <laughs> nothing really up there. <laughs> oh, Maybe shit, you'll that? have to tune in next week to find out. In the meantime, keep looking into that ancient literature for any and all UFO UAP signs and of course keep watching the skies take care for now be sure to be sure to do that bye bye aliens explored is a fegal films production in association with juicy falls music by darren mafucci and editing by Stu jackson find us on twitter and facebook by searching aliens explored or visit aliensexplored.com